0: He's awesome. He spent most of his professional life in front offices with uh, the Niners. I mean, you go back to his book and you read about Bill Walsh and the Niners driving his red Porsche in San Francisco, and you go to Bill Belichick, who he's worked for, and so many in between. Uh, Michael Lombardi joins us. Michael, the news of the day is the NFL has sort of changed the overtime rule only for the playoffs. Um, I just Let me quickly get your thoughts on how how they went about it and the actual rule change itself.
1: You know, I I think obviously the NFL is reacting to the public perception and all that. Uh, My sense of it is, is that uh, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the overtime rules. I mean, it didn't affect Cincinnati. They got the, they, they watched Patrick Mahomes throw three of his worst passes of his, probably his NFL career and got the ball back on the overtime and, and they were able to drive it down the field. So You know, the teams that complain that don't get the ball. I mean, we all watched the Lions play the Steelers in a a game that went to overtime and stayed in overtime, and nobody won. I I think it's kind of wrong to react to a situation. I mean, if Buffalo manages 13 seconds, I mean, really, if they just manage 13 seconds, they're not going to have to worry about overtime.
0: Look, I agree with you that the Buffalo thing, they completely mismanaged 13 seconds. They, They butchered it 15 times over. But but the rule is so bad in that, okay, if you don't like sudden death, I had no problem with sudden death, but if you don't like sudden death, that's fine, then put time on the clock, right? But it felt like it was one of those rules where they tried to make everybody happy. You still had elements of sudden, sudden death. You still had an element of both teams could get it back. Uh, the shortened time allowed time to become a bigger factor. But when you try and please everyone, no one's happy. Uh, I, I actually – I don't mind it if they get get back. Why not just put, especially in, in the playoffs, why not just put 10 minutes on the clock and whoever has the lead at the end of 10 minutes gets the, gets the game?
1: Well, I mean, you know, to me, the league talks to both sides of their mouth, Doug. They talk about player safety. They talk about we don't want to go to 17 games, and so now we're adding another quarter to a game. You know? Like, at some point, when does player safety come into the overtime? Players, you know, you were a former player. You tend to get <clears> hurt <throat> when you're tired you tend to have more injuries sustained when, when you're exhausted. And if you keep extending the games into overtime, that propensity for injury increases. So to me, you can't say you want to protect players and you want to do everything within player safety, and we're going to 17 games. To me, I, I've said this all along about 17 games. I think a player should have a certain number for 16 games. Let's say not the quarterback position, but let's say any other position, he plays 1,000 plays in, in 16 games. Then when you go to 17 games, that's how many plays he should play. And the coaches yeah. have to substitute accordingly. It's the same yes. thing with overtime. Why are we going to add more time and get players injured?
0: To decide a championship?
1: Well, I think it's important in a championship. I mean, we're going to have to keep going there. But for a regular season game, do we have to keep going? No, no, I mean, no, no not for the done. regular
0: season. No, no the postseason, they, they, the regular season, they left it the same. They left the right, I know that, same. but I'm saying, I mean, George Howitz
1: had 46 ties in his career. I mean, ties aren't bad, you know? So, now in a championship game, we got to keep playing. I don't think we should have changed the rules in overtime in, in, in a champion. I think we should have. Whoever scores first wins, I think that's the way it is. Let's then, go to – I, that, I, I, I agree the with you.
0: I, I agree with you. I don't know how we got to this place to where it's unfair. Like, it's perfectly we, fair.
1: we listen to Twitter. They listen to Twitter. They listen to the but, social
0: media. That, that's that was, what they did. Right, but and that's the problem though with the this the rule which is still regular C, which is it's sudden death unless it's not scoring matters unless it's not enough points. The whole thing is is a mess. They try to rectify it today. Let's let's get to the moves in the league. Um, Deshaun Watson, two hundred and fifty some odd million, guaranteed, guaranteed, um, and it's basically a guaranteed contract to a dude who hadn't played for a year, probably going to miss some times this year, tore his ACL twice, and they're still under contract for the, for the time being with Baker Mayfield. What do you think of what Cleveland decided to do?
1: Well, first of all, I wrote about it on Beeson.com. I, I think what you, when you read what I wrote is they gave a historical contract to a player that didn't deserve a historical contract based on his conduct the last two years. For the last year and a half, let's say, you know, first of all, this is the first N- NBA contract to ever reach the NFL because of the because of the funding rules in the NFL. The NFL never had had buttoned-up contracts fully guaranteed for skill and injury and salary cap; those three factors. This contract is fully buttoned up, which means the, the Browns are going to have to fund this contract because the rule goes back to the '60s when Pete Rozelle was the commissioner, and NFL teams were worried about. We're worried about foreclosing on their team. We're worried about going bankrupt. So the league office mandated that in future years contract, if you guarantee any money for skill and injury, you have to send that money to the league office a year before it's supposed to be due. Nobody wanted to do it. It was ridiculous. Your present value the money, it was stupid. So nobody did it. And that was an excuse you gave to all the agents on why you couldn't do skill and injury guarantees. You could still do injury guarantees. You just didn't want to do them both. This contract has now entered into the arena of doing both. And I think it's a dangerous precedent that's been set for a player that didn't deserve a precedent to be set for. If they would have done it for Aaron Rodgers, if they would have done it for anybody else who at least has followed suit in terms of the, the league and d- didn't have conduct off the field, people can argue about Rodgers. He's, but he's behaved himself. Uh, so the reality of it is, is I think it's wrong for the, for Watson. And for the other quarterbacks, I mean, Russell Wilson will get his contract redone soon. And I'm sure Russell Wilson's contract will look a lot like this Watson contract.
0: Uh, How good will the Browns be when he plays?
1: I think the Browns would be really good. I mean, look, it's the perfect offense for Deshaun Watson to come into. It's the same thing I've been saying about the Lamar Jackson and the the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, you've got to put him in an offense where it's play-action pass, you utilize his skill as a runner, and then when it's a drop-back pass, he can really function well. The problem they have with Baker Mayfield is every time it became a drop-back pass game, he struggled. Baker's short. He's six feet tall, maybe less. He gets too many balls batted down, averages over six a game. When the defense gets their hands on six footballs per game, there's a propensity to have turnovers. And he overthrows a lot of balls because he can't see. He's trying to extend it, and his release becomes too high, and the ball sails off. It's an inherent problem with the six-foot quarterback. You say, well, Drew Brees was short. Drew Brees' throwing motion was completely different. Plus, Drew Brees was a world-class tennis player in high school. He understood how to slide and move in the pocket and find the alleys. This kid doesn't. So he's a problem. And so they're going to be better on offense. Now, are they going to be good enough on defense? That remains to be seen. Clowney had nine and a half sacks. They haven't signed him back. Malik Jackson didn't play great, but he's a free agent. McDowell's a free agent. they got three defensive linemen that played for him last year that are free agents. They need to get that going. I think they'll address it in the draft. They have Mayfield on their cap for $18 million. That will come off once they get rid of him. They still have $26 of to cap for them. They've got ability to sign players.
0: Um, is Matt Ryan the answer in Indy? I don't think he's the answer
1: completely. I think Matt Ryan is part of the answer in Indianapolis. I think it'll certainly help him. I think it gives him an opportunity to, uh, to uh, put the team in the best play possible. He'll be smart. And he's the opposite of what Wentz was for their team. He's a great leader. I mean, Wentz disappeared in crunch time. I, on my show, I call Wentz uh, Ricky Fowler because, you know, he'll play well when the tournament doesn't matter. You know, and then when it really matters the most – He becomes, you know, he starts throwing the ball left-handed. You know, he starts shanking the ball into the trees. And this is what Wentz did. He he started to turn the ball over. I've never seen a guy who wanted to throw the ball left-handed more than Carson Wentz in all my life. And this is a guy in seventeen, should have been the MVP if he doesn't get hurt. And I was a huge Wentz fan, but over the last three years, he's not looked like the same. Brian will give them stability, he'll give them leadership, he'll give them execution. He may not be as great as he once was, but I think because of Taylor and because of their team, I think he'll be effective.
0: Michael Lombardi joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Download the, the GM Shuffle if you want to know everything that's happening in the NFL and why it's happening in the in the NFL. Uh, let's go to the Niners. They can't seem to find a taker for Garoppolo. He's coming off of shoulder surgery. They have Trey Lance. Eventually it'll be his job. Uh, How would you handle it if you were in that front office in terms of uh, Garoppolo and whether you keep him, you play him, you move him?
1: Well, I think they can't afford to uh, keep him because if they want to turn the team over to Lance, Garoppolo can't be in the building because the team gravitates to Garoppolo. I mean, as much as the media criticizes Garoppolo, all the players on their team really, really like Garoppolo. And you can see them support him even when he doesn't play as well as he needs to play. And so they've got $25 million tied up in them. They're going to have to move from it. The problem they have is he's coming off a of shoulder surgery. Andrew Luck was coming off a of shoulder surgery, the similar one. And everybody in, in Indianapolis thought he was going to play that June. Well, he didn't play until the next year. Shoulder surgeries with quarterbacks are very dangerous. This is why there's no market for him right now, because there's nobody who wants to risk that shoulder taking on that cap number. The Niners have to do it. But the Niners' issue becomes how do you turn the team over to Trey Lance when Garoppolo's sitting there, when everybody on the team knows Garoppolo's a better player than Lance right now. Now, maybe down the road Lance will become better, but as of right now, Garoppolo's better, and he gives him the best chance to win. It's a tough dilemma for Kyle Shanahan. And this injury is the only reason he's still on the team. If he would have been healthy, he'd have been traded by now.
0: Um, help me out with, with Tua. I haven't seen the wow plays over two years, and so the fix in Miami is let's just put all kinds of speed around him. Does right. that well, does I'm, that work? Does that make sense?
1: Well, that's what they did last year. They had a really good receiving. They had a bunch of yards after the catch, but there's no wow plays in two. The only wow plays in two is when you read people on Twitter that, that comment about how he's still a good player and, and he's going to be the next Steve Young. I mean, it just never happens. And, and, and it's really – he's – the only place that Tua is popular is in the media. Socially, it's not in, within the league. Everybody in the league knows he's going to throw the ball short. It's all yards after the catch. And if you make him throw it over, over 15 yards, it's going to be a real issue. The other issue is watch him when it starts raining in Tennessee in a game that they were coming off an eight-game winning streak. As soon as the rain starts to come down, watch him try to throw the football in inclement weather. Watch him in Buffalo two years earlier. You know, when the weather's bad, can he make throws? I think they're all concerns. I think they're legitimate concerns. But, look, they've got a dynamic receiver. They've got one of the best receivers in all of football. And he can turn a five-yard pass into a 50-yard touchdown instantly in Tyreek Hill. So their idea is they're going to try to keep as many guys as they can. They hire McDaniel because of his great run game ability, his genius run game ability, and yet they're going to throw short passes. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. But there's no more excuses for Tua. Either he's going to be really good or he's going to be the reason they don't win. Uh,
0: um, okay, help me out with, uh, with another team. The Green Bay Packers trade away Devontae Adams. Marcus Valdes-Scantling uh, is now with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's two of their top three. There has to be a plan in place. Right. And the plan can't be like, what's us wait on the draft. What is the possible plan for the Packers? Because they're in win-now mode with Aaron Rodgers. How do they win losing Devontae Adams?
1: I, I think that they have to say the draft. I think it's really the only thing they could possibly do. I mean, there's no free agent available, you know. I mean, maybe they trade for Devontae uh, Parker down in Miami. You know, do they like him? Do they think he could be, he could be better and, and improve their team? What's the value on him? He's got a one-year contract. Certainly the, the Dolphins are going to get rid of him. He was, a, he was a guy who was a starter for them. Now he's regulated to a backup. I mean, there's no one else out there. Will Fuller's out there, but Will Fuller stays hurt all the time, so you can't sign him. I think the only answer is going to be in the draft. I think you're going to have to draft a player and try to get that young player, much like Justin Jefferson went to Minnesota the year he came out, and he was very effective.
0: Risky. Risky. Um, Robert Kraft came out and said he was disappointed they haven't won a playoff game in three years. But what what does that mean? Is there a legitimate clock on Belichick to get this thing going again?
1: Well, I mean, it means he wants to win. Obviously, everybody does. I think if you go back and watch the Tennessee game, you know, with the game Brady was there. He threw the interception of Logan Ryan on his last pass as a Patriot. That was certainly disappointing. Then the next year, the COVID year, they didn't make it. And then, you know, they got beat by a much better team in Buffalo. I, I think they're turning the corner. They're not quite to the level that some of these other teams in the AFC. It's a, The AFC's hard. You know, when you have as much success as the Patriots had, you know, you get used to winning and you really don't become realistic of where your team is and how you're trying to develop it. I think it's certainly going to be the case. And I don't know if they can start a clock on a guy who's won six Super Bowls for your franchise. Maybe you can. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know either. Baker Mayfield does what next year?
1: I think he takes a pay cut, signs a two-year contract with a team and and tries to restore his his career. I think he's at a crossroads. I think people see him as a play-action pass, not a, a drop-back passer. Gets too many balls tipped, like I mentioned before. And I, he's not a top-ten quarterback. Look, the reality of the situation is, Doug, he's overdrafted. He was overdrafted. He wasn't yeah. the best quarterback in that draft.
0: Uh, no, I mean, Lamar became uh, Mar became the best, and there were obviously others as well. What What about Lamar? Uh, I mean, like with every passing day, it's more money for him. On the other hand, like he wasn't great last year and he got a little bit hurt. What What is the how, – how do they get a deal done with a guy who won't answer the phone?
1: Well, I think they just got to sit tight. I'm not sure they want to do a deal yet either. I think they want another year to look at it. But the reality here on, on Lamar is simply this. Until Lamar becomes more proficient at throwing the ball outside the numbers, they are going to have trouble winning in playoff games. They're going to have trouble winning when the level of comp increases. And this Raven team, for all the A's that they have accumulated through their draft grades after every single draft, they're not a talented team right now. They're struggling defensively. You know, this offensive line has kind of been in a mess. They haven't been able to hit on those receivers that they've been drafting. So Lamar, to me, is playing in the wrong system. I don't think Lamar is an RPO quarterback. If you go back and watch him play at Louisville, Bobby Petrino had him under center quite a bit. I think he's a better player under center. I think he could separate the defense. If he was in Cleveland running the Stefanski offense, I think I would sign him to a long-term deal. I think he's going to be that type of player. That being said, they don't do that. They want to run the ball out of spread. That's what Greg Roman does. And when they get behind in a game, it's no secret. When they get behind a game, they don't have a drop-back pass game. They can't throw the ball to get back in the game.
0: It'd be interesting to see if they would ever get out of that offense. They seem completely invested in that, even though they've gotten they've loaded up with weapons uh, to throw the football and obviously run the football well over the years. Uh, what's the daily coach?
1: The daily coach is something the great George Raveling. You know who George Raveling is? He was a former head coach at USC, Washington State, and Iowa. He's the man that when Martin Luther King was walking off the stage in Washington, he asked him for the for the "I Have a Dream" speech, and Dr. King handed it to him. He and I both were living in Los Angeles. We read a book uh, titled uh, The Trillion Dollar Coach about the great Bill Campbell, who was advising most of the Silicon Valley. So we just decided to start a website uh, every morning to send emails to people to you know, show, talk about leadership, talk about the things that are important uh, to become a better leader. And so we call it The Daily Coach. Because if Bill, we read that book, if, if Steve Jobs needs a coach, everybody needs a coach. And that's what the inspiration for The Daily Coach was. Hmm. <laughs> How can I get it? Just sign up. Just go to daily underscore coach dot com, and it's right there. You can sign up. It's an email. Uh, fill in your email address. It'll be in your email box every morning at seven o'clock every day. And it's 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 a different type of leadership lesson. Somewhere similar. Tomorrow's is going to be on the Lakers show about how Jack McKinney decided to up tempo and what up tempo means really in leadership.
0: I love it! I can't wait. I'm 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 doing it right now as we speak. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Thank you right, so that's much. Called, that's called the Daily Coach. Remember his podcast the GM Shuffle. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Fox Sports Radio
1: has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
0: live. Uh Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio you're funny Uh that was that was uh, so the best quarterback from that draft the 2018 draft is probably Josh Allen right Josh Allen was taken 7th seventh overall 7th seventh overall Lamar Jackson, last quarterback taken. Lamar was the MVP of the league. Josh Rosen taken 10th overall. So anybody who thinks that Baker Mayfield's a bust, I mean, I give you Josh Rosen, who... Is he still in the league? Still in the league? think so.
2: He was with the Falcons for a little while last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. he was with a couple people last yeah. year. Crazy. Talk about, talk about a mercurial uh, career already. And it's not that, like... You know, look, here's what I think is important, and I don't want to constantly circle back around it, but anything, anytime you want to tell us that we're unfair to a quarterback, just, like, look at Baker Mayfield. Like, I don't think he's great. I completely agree with Michael Lombardi's take, which is he was overdrafted. Just overdrafted. And he's viewed, if he's a second-round pick or a late first even, and we're having a completely different conversation about his aptitude and his own expectations for self. I don't know any number one overall pick come off the bench, right? You can almost feel Allen Iverson's voice. That's a good, pretty good Iverson too. I'm happy with how my Iverson impression is going. Um, but anytime people want to say like, you're unfair to said guy, just like look at Baker Mayfield. Look, I don't think he's, he's not my cup of tea as an elite quarterback, But he did lead them to the playoffs. He did play hurt this year. He's not great. He's fine. And he's probably going to be out of a starting job. Unless Detroit somehow throws them a bone and takes him. Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, we got a lot to get to here. Um, Okay, here's, here's Roger Goodell answering questions about the timeline and the Deshaun Watson discipline.
3: Our people are working on it. Obviously, you know, these are serious charges, so we're, we're looking at this seriously. We uh, now have, obviously, at least resolution from the criminal side of it. Obviously, there's still civil charges that are going on. So our investigators hopefully will have access to more information, and that will be helpful, obviously, in getting to the conclusion of what are the facts and, and was there a violation of the personal conduct policy. But that determination will be made by a joint a disciplinary officer that was established by by the NFLPA and the NFL and so she will make that decision when the packs are all in and we'll see I, there's no time frame on
0: that it, it's it's actually brilliant of Raj Goodell right where he can hey look we have a mutually agreed upon disciplinary officer uh, she's gonna decide I got nothing my name's Bennett
3: and I ain't in it
0: he, he was asked if the NFL would speak to the accusers here's what he said
3: that's up to the investigators. They will make the determination of when to do that and who to do that with. We will seek to speak to everybody who can give us a perspective and try to get to the bottom line and the facts.
0: All right. He said this on whether or not they need criminal charges uh, to discipline them.
3: We've been very clear with every club. The personal conduct policy is something that's very important to us. And so the personal conduct policy does not need a criminal violation to be a violation of the personal conduct policy. So they recognize that that's something that we're going to pursue. Uh, uh,
0: there's also questions about Dan Snyder because of the investigation revolving around the conduct of front office members, former front office members of the now commanders. Here's what Dell had to say.
3: Dan Siner has not been involved in day-to-day operations. Uh, don't believe he's been at the facility at all. Um, and we continue to have league matters. Tanya's represented the team as the CEO. She represented the club here. And that will continue for the at least the foreseeable future.
0: So, in other words... Dan Snyder may own the team, but he doesn't run the team. And uh, his wife coming through running the team is going to save any uh, any possibility of, I believe, him losing the team. Right? I mean, Byers, do you see any way in which they can take a team from a guy who's like, hey, Look, I'm not running it. My wife's running it now.
2: <laughs> Puppet regime, it seems like.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if if Dan Snyder is, like, secretly involved or how much he's involved in the day-to-day anyway, not being a football guy, right? I know there's certain things that he liked. I mean, the last decision that Dan Snyder made football-wise was to draft Dwayne Haskins because his daughter had gone to high school with Dwayne Haskins and loved him. Said he's the world's greatest guy. <laughs> uh, Two years later, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't know how you can... If they're in the same home, I mean, I just you know they're they're married. How he would not have any inputs or any say on anything that is done day to day wise? I just no chance. It's hard for me to believe. But but,
0: but can you take a team from a guy? No. Who nope. yeah, It's a genius move. Deshaun Watson. Do you think he plays seventeen games this year? Thirteen games this year. Nine. Nine games this year. I think it's nine. I agree with you on that number. I think half the season is is what ends up happening. What do you think, Jay Stu? That sounds about right to me. I I do uh, find it interesting
1: that Goodell um, grasps at every chance to call this uh, lead investigator a her, a she. I think that's important to the NFL. It gives him cover. It gives all the, uh, the male owners cover. That a woman is in charge of this, so if if it doesn't play out the way the woke mob wants it to, it's on her, right? Isn't that is the basically where he's putting it?
0: Yes. Yes. Did that didn't it feel that way, buyer? Yeah. Did I mention it's? A, did I mention there's a woman? Right. Next thing you know, like he's going to say like, um, I just want you to know that a a black woman. Is right, like she's he can throw everything out there. Uh, who and and oh, yeah, by the way, did I mention that a woman, like he's just making sure to make that point? Did, did you see they also made for this uh minority offensive assistant position that also made it so that women can also be involved in that job? Now, for people who don't realize this, there was already a minority position on every coaching staff in the NFL previously. Today, they officially added a minority offensive coach. And, and the reason behind that is the feeling in the league is that with all these coaches that are being hired, that are offensive masterminds, there's just a paucity of faces of color and there aren't, there aren't any women. I just I, I'm, I'm not sure if those two ships should be um, should be uh, held together. I just, I legitimately feel that way. I don't know if, like, the, the 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 cause is a good one, right? To make women feel like more a part of it. And there should be, I think, I don't think it's crazy to think front offices, even coaches. It's going to be a stretch to get a woman to be in a head coach or a coordinator, considering I didn't play football. You know, didn't play college or pro football. That, that's That's going to be a hard one such but, a hard one to navigate such a I mean, hard just, one to I mean just like look nobody like we, we do the things in this show that other people don't want to do so let's just do it they're not hiring a woman's head coach and forcing and feel feel and, and NFL people feeling like they're being forced to put a woman on staff i, I don't know if that does i mean i look at some point you you got to break through i mean especially with the numbers of offensive coaches uh non-white offensive coaches the, the numbers are so slim And so I'm not against the short-term affirmative action to create a better volume of possible quarterback coaches, offensive coaches. Um, I think there's there's also got to be a little bit deeper dive into why. You know, like, I've said this before. I don't believe the league to be racist in any way. It's a complete meritocracy. I do think that, like most businesses, People either grow up in it. We want to call it. You want to call it nepotism. That's fine. But like, look, if your dad is a coach, like you're going to become a coach, you're going to be around that sport, play that sport, then coach that sport. That's that doesn't make it. I don't know how that takes away from what you've done and all that you studied and all that you've been. Um, but I do think that it's really hard to say, hey, like you've never played. High school football, college football, pro football. Now you're going to coach the best in the world. Good luck getting those guys to listen. That's just the reality of it. That's that's not, if you want to say that's Doug Gottlieb being a chauvinist, okay, I'm not saying I wouldn't listen. I don't know what I would be like in a pro football environment. In a basketball environment, I would like to think it would be based upon the person, not if they're a guy. or. A, I played for good coaches. I played for average coaches. I do believe that coaches, that you've most of the coaches that I've enjoyed playing for the most are coaches that played. Right, I, I played for one guy that never played, and there was a disconnect there. And I never really thought of it at the time. It wasn't until afterwards when I had a buddy go like, you know he never played, right? I was like, ah, it makes total sense now. Now, in basketball, women have played. Is the sport different? Yes, but there's a lot of at least similarities in it. In football, you haven't played, so I just don't know how you navigate that. How you navigate that. Because there isn't, on one hand, there isn't a way in which a woman could be as qualified as a guy who played and has been around it his whole life. On the other hand, we've seen, you know, from front office people to even coaches, you don't necessarily have to have played it or coached it to succeed at it. Uh, Anyway, um, Dan Snyder, that one will work. I don't believe they'll have to sell that team. Deshaun Watson, that was a wait and see. Correct read on it, by the way, uh, by both of you guys in that. Did I mention that our disciplinary – did I mention that the NFL and NFLPA – basically voted, I have nothing to do with this. So you asked me questions about something, and we have a woman in charge there. So it couldn't possibly, her credibility is unimpeachable. <laughs> right? Oh, man. No, I mean, I, but I, I, it's smart. It's absolutely smart. And he offered up the possibility, like, look, I'm not going to, we talk to the alleged victims, we don't talk to them, that's not my purview. We're going to talk to anybody who has a different perspective. Hey, if nobody talks to the accusers, um, did I mention the female uh, investigator? Did I mention there's a female investigator? Um, Mr. Goodell, there's 22 pending civil. Did I mention we have a female investigator? Did I mention that? Uh, I'm like, we pick apart and parse Roger Goodell's words. I will point this out. And I, I think I'm the first to say it and others have come on board. He's really good at what he does really really good cuz his job is to make the make the owners more money to protect the shield to make every all these players more money everybody's making more money has he handled or mishandled the domestic violence stuff of course but if you actually look at it they've been more heavy-handed than pretty much anybody else and uh it, and a and a good portion of what makes it tough is Somewhere along the line, they decided we're going to handle this as part of our personal conduct policy. They could have said, hey, we got nothing to do with it. It's states' rights. It's on the teams. The teams can do it. But he didn't. He accepted that. They voted that. Now they voted a third party to help with it. Check out the latest lines of the World of Sports, better sports Sportsbook. BetRiver's is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Bills are getting a new stadium in Buffalo. But could another NFL team be on the move? Find out next. But f- Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com.
1: And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Who is this, Sam? Young MC. Wow. Get the principal's office. People forget when uh, Will Smith saying, uh, girls ain't nothing but trouble and parents just don't understand. Back when he was uh, a DJ, uh, was it uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff, right? Uh, let's get to the press, shall we? The Press, The press brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their businesses. And for us, Weekend Joe's, Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. <coughs> Byron, what do you got? Doug,
2: owner's meetings in the NFL, a lot happening, including Baltimore Ravens owner Steve Bashotti, a busy guy today, not only announced that John Harbaugh is getting a three-year extension as he'll be under contract through 2025, but that contract talks with Lamar Jackson, well, maybe not going as well as some Ravens fans would have hoped. Bishotti's saying he thinks it's unlikely that a deal with Jackson will get done this offseason unless Jackson has a change of heart.
0: Yes, they ain't doing it. He's going into. He's rolling the dice. And I think that's dicey. The way he, the, as as much as he runs the football, uh, I think it's dicey.
2: Cam Newton ran the football for a while, but the free agent quarterback told ESPN today he has received interest from some NFL teams and just wants to find the best fit for getting a chance to play and winning a title.
0: Okay, so let's break this down here. Does anybody actually believe you can win a title with Cam Newton as your starting quarterback? No, I don't okay. think so. So. If he's received interest, it's likely as a backup. Yeah. But the problem with that is he's like a chance to play. Well, you're not going to get a chance to play on a team that's, that's one, going to offer you, or two, is going to compete for a championship. Right?
2: I think that his role right now is just in specific packages. Like, if you have a goal line situation, sure. and maybe you're you know not quarterback rich at that position, you can use him in short yardage. Um, to come in and that's would be as that would be his playing time but that's the role that I see
0: I do wonder why the pa- the pan- uh, the uh, patriots didn't keep him in that role cuz they could use him in that role
2: the uh new orleans saints are making a decision on Taysom hill this was head coach dennis allen earlier today i
0: think the role
1: for Taysom really is going to be a lot more of the kind of f tight end, move tight in type of role i think that's the direction that we need to move with
0: him because i think he can be one of the better players in the league in that role hmm. so he's not a quarterback anymore
2: yeah says he doesn't want Taysom on the sideline with him wants him on the field
0: so he wants to use him. He'll use him all over as a gadget player. That's what it'll be. he'll be. A, he'll be Slash. Makes sense.
2: Bob Kraft had this to say about the Patriots' postseason woes over the last few years. It
1: bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years. And I look forward to hopefully having a great draft this year. That's the only way you can build your team for long-term
3: and consistently that uh, you have a chance of winning
0: we, we haven't had a happy ending to our oh, season gee. the last couple of years
2: oh uh, i was just going to comment on the, the that tough playoff drought <laughs> for the
0: patriots boy oh wait, wait, wait bob Kraft man. just smacked the crap out of me bob Kraft just smacked uh, the crap out of me
2: chiefs president mark donovan told the ringer they've been approached by multiple developers about building a new stadium for the team the report says some options include building across the missouri state line into kansas
0: Wait, Arrowhead, they're going to build up a new stadium? Uh, that I,
2: maybe. Maybe it's just trying to get the government
0: uh, to get government to, stadium. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Gives, some more money. Uh, a couple of other notes to pass along.
0: Things that won't happen. Chiefs are not moving.
2: Keegan Murray of Iowa yeah, entering so. the NBA draft. ESPN the first to report that.
0: He's awesome. Now, his brother Chris not declaring, so that's kind of weird. Thank goodness.
2: Tiger Woods at Augusta National Golf Club today. Don't know if he is going to play at next week's Masters, but today speculation occurred. Uh, you mentioned the odds earlier, now listed at about 50 to 1 to win the Masters and we don't even know if he's playing next week.
0: If you were going to bet on somebody to win the Masters, who would it be? Oh
2: boy, uh John Rahm probably. Yeah. Probably John Rahm.
0: Hey, get out there and press. That was the press, not John mose Okay, he's got the day off. Iowa Sam, great job. Dan Byer, great job. Jay Stu, not bad, not bad, not bad. All right, listen. Uh, tomorrow we'll continue to recap all these, the owner meetings discussion, the new overtime rule, which is only for the playoffs. We'll see what else they can fix about the league. This is Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.